Is God fighting for you? He will fight every battle of yours for you. And you will overcome every battle. You will have the victory. You will break through. Things will be good for you. Things are getting better for you. Wow. Give Jesus a shout of praise. Take your seats. I need to see you seated. And I can see a lot of people outside. Ashes, if there's a good reason why they are out there, tell them to hide. They shouldn't be in my view. If there's no good reason why they are there, they should come and take their seats now. Okay? Wow, you're really funning yourselves. It's also beautiful. It looks like there's some angels flying in the room. Receive angelic visitations. And receive angelic gifts. Beautiful. Have you been blessed so far? Is God speaking to you? Is God giving you direction? Well, the man of God is ready to speak to us. And I believe we are going to have another awesome blessed session. But before he comes up, I have two very good friends here that I would like them to come up and bring greetings and say hello to us. They are very dear to me, very precious, very valuable. I value their relationship and their friendship. They always smile when they see me. That alone is enough. It makes me happy. You know, when you see someone and they, they smile at you, it's such a blessing. I traveled once to Paris. When I came off the train, I met our um, pastor's wife at the train station. Everybody looked busy around. As soon as I saw her, she just started blessing. She just started smiling. And I said to myself, what a blessing it is to meet somebody who sees you and they smile. It's such a great blessing. Because in the crowd, in the midst of everybody, I just saw this smiling face at me. I said, this is very comforting and a great blessing. Anytime I see them, they just smile. And they are happy to see me. And I'm also happy to see them. So I want us to welcome first of all to say hello to us from the house of Judah, Bishop Hutton Wood. Beautiful. Give him a rousing welcome. Please be seated. It's such an awesome, this is a, powerful. a surprise, yes. <laughs> it's an honor to be here. Um, every year, I look forward to being here, to be fed and empowered to do what God has called us to do. Amen. I've been blessed by the teachings of uh, Bishop Ayi. Awesome. You know, from what he said yesterday when God told him to go to Ghana to sow a seed, a particular seed. And we hear six specific words. And he went, 
He did it and got those six words and those six words changed his life. From that I got this statement. Why work for something you can get in a statement? Wow. Why work for something you can get in a statement from an anointed man of God who has the anointing for what you need? One statement from Isaac into Jacob's life moved him from somebody who was holding a staff with Charlie Wati. He left town with just a staff and flip-flops and came back as a nation. One individual left home with flip-flops, Charlie Wati in Ghana. And one staff left home Left home with a staff, a, staff, a, stick. a stick, and flip-flops. Mm. Came back home as the 12 tribes of Israel in one man. Wow, beautiful. That's a life-changing thing. What the man of God pronounced over Jacob, he left town as an individual and came back as a nation. So the word you believe from the mouth of your man of God, John 1, 12, as many as believed and received him, the anointed, to them gave he power to become. The word makes you become. Amen. The word you believe and receive from the anointed man of God in whom you believe makes you become what you must become. In this conference, you will leave this place as an individual. The next time you show up here, you'll be showing up as a nation. I said you will show show up here as a nation. You will leave this conference as an individual. The next time we see you, you'll be a nation. If you are the one I'm talking about, scream, shout, shout. Thank you, Bishop Michael. Wow. Wow. Beautiful. I see you, Michael Jr. God bless you. And all the folks from House of Judah, God bless you all. Give them a good hand clap. Well, I have another good friend here from Karis Ministries. Very anointed man of God. If not seen an anointing before or an anointed man, I'm about to show one to you. Has a growing church, fast growing church, dynamic, alive, powerful, full of the spirit, full of unction. Shout with me as we welcome Reverend Dr. David Entry. I thought I could hear a, a louder shout and a louder clap and a... the, the fact is that everybody's crazy about something. So it's okay if you are crazy about Jesus. It's okay. Give God a big 
Bishop, I salute you. It's such an honor and a privilege. I was very surprised. <laughs> I'm very honored to be here. And since yesterday, my life, I know my life can be the same again. There's never once I have the privilege to speak to Bishop I and I live the same. Every time I speak to him, even on the phone, it's like a spirit enters me. And I came here to catch the anointing. And yesterday I learned a new word. Nomenclature. Forgive! <laughs> Orangulogy. <laughs> Orangulizing. Amen. I'm so glad to be here. The company you keep determines what accompanies you. I've come to catch the grace on Bishop Doug Flo in this house. God bless you, Bishop. Thank you so much for the honor. Please let me see Bishop. Wow. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. David. And thank you, all the Caris family, Pastor Frank and Co. God bless you. Thank you for sharing fellowship with us today. Hallelujah. Well, now it's time for the word of God. God is ready. Jesus is ready. The Holy Spirit is here with us. And the man of God is full of the anointing to impart into our lives. With great joy, excitement, expectation, leaping, screaming, shouting, welcome Bishop Eddie Adi. Hallelujah. God is about to make you change levels. God is taking you to a higher ground. Those who mocked you when you were coming here, they will be celebrating you when you are going back. Those who look down on you, you will stand on them and lift up your hand in victory. Whatever causes shame, and whatever has caused disgrace in your life will be the stepping stone for your ministry. God will amaze your enemies because you are going to become a living wonder. Through this conference, through this conference, you will break every numerical barrier you have never broken. Any church that was in their 30s they are shifting gear into their 200s. Churches that were in their 50s are becoming 500. Churches that were less than 100 are breaking 800, 900, 1,000, 
Churches that have never broken 500, by the grace of God, you will knock 3,000 with ease. 5,000 with ease. There is a revival taking place. There is a revival taking place. And you are in that wave right now. Clap your hands and celebrate the Lord. Wow. What a blessed conference. This is too nice. I started watching from when I was picked up to get here. I connected immediately. And as I was hearing the things I was hearing from the car, I said, hey, if you are in this conference, a revolution is taking place. And, and God is revolutionizing your life and turning you into a living wonder. A living wonder. Thank you, Bishop Richard, for this great conference. And thank you again for sharing the secret of your life. What we heard this morning was the secret of his life. What has transformed a person who is just into himself, by himself, with himself, around himself, on himself, over himself, under himself, into himself, for himself. Hey! Somebody who can't speak, doesn't speak, won't speak, shan't speak. Somebody who, who, who has few words to tell others. Today, look at the conference that we are all a part of. And when someone is sharing the secret of their lives, you should listen. You, you don't have to wait for 10 years to prove that what he said was true. And that if you had listened to him 10 years ago, you wouldn't be where you are. Today we are privileged. Jesus said, blessed are your ears. For you hear these words that have been spoken. And when a man says that, it is through the blessed voice of the anointing. The lovely voice. And my connection to that lovely voice is what has given me this worldwide ministry. This Look, you can't easily gather this crowd in London in the afternoon, morning to afternoon to evening. That alone should tell you something, that you are witnessing a great anointing that is working here. And many times, people don't want to really, I mean, accept it. Or even learn from someone who is doing something, especially in the church. The church is the most segregated entity in this world. When somebody is doing something, I cannot join it because he, I am not 
he is not one of mine and I'm not one of his. But I, I thank God for all these wonderful pastors with your great churches and church workers that are here. May the grace that has transformed this servant of the Lord into a living wonder, may you be a partaker of it this week. By the time the conference is over, may you become an international figure. May your ministry begin to reach many in your town, in your city, in your country, and beyond the borders of your country. May you begin to affect many others. Father, we thank you so much for the privilege of sharing in this great grace. Show us mercy. Show us kindness. Everybody pray for the spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. The spirit of revelation. That something will be revealed to you. Not just as a man saying it. But you will come to terms and understanding. And when you understand it, you will be a doer of it. Pray for the spirit of revelation. Yes, Lord. Grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. Jesus, Holy Spirit, you are sent to teach us. So guide us, reveal your word to us, and help us to be doers. I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. I will let you into my mind and into my soul, pledging my life. Oh, pledging my life, serving you is my desire. I wouldn't be holding back at all, responding to your call. I will open up my heart. I will open up my heart, ready for your holy fire. I will let you into my mind, into my soul. Legend my life, serving you is my desire. I wouldn't be holding back at all, responding to your call. Father, grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance you have in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is at work in us, that same power that you demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead, that same power is at work in us, Therefore, raise up dying ministries. Raise up 
dying callings, raise up dying lives, and cause us to walk in the place that you have mapped for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Good to see you again. And um, I pray that this afternoon's pre-lunch session will also be a blessing to you. When I was in school, what the period we didn't like was the last period. It was just before lunch. And normally by that time you are so hungry, you are so tired, and then they bring music as the subject before lunch. That's why most of us didn't really learn the music well because the, where they put it was not very good. And I pray that this session would not be like that. I know it will not be like that. It's not the last period. It's a blessing to your life. Say amen. I'm preaching on loyalty tonight, this evening, that, this afternoon. And I'm preaching, there are several books, if somebody can really help me. We have several uh, books and various titles. Now, you can easily look at the titles and think that they are saying the same thing. But they are not. They are not. And that is why I'm picking and choosing to just give you a little overview of some of the topics within the orangology. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm going to be preaching on two or three chapters on this one called Those Who Pretend. And I'll be talking about familiarity. Yes. So over here, and, and, and um, I want to just bring them to you because those who forget is one of the most, I would say even the master key to loyalty is remembrance. How not to be one who forgets, those who forget. To forget the one who led you to Christ, the one who trained you, the one who appointed you, the one who set you up. There are pastors today who cannot mention the name of the one who trained them, appointed them. We appoint pastors, ordain reverence, consecrate bishops and enthroned archbishops. So you were appointed, but you cannot even mention the name because you are choosing to forget all the good things this person did for you. As a people, we must never forget because when you forget, those who forgot in school, you know what happened to you. You had an F instead of an A. Those who are ignorant, is another one. Those who are proud, you will learn here the humility of a child. Jesus said, except you be converted and become as a little child, 
you can never enter into the kingdom of God. And there are many doors. The kingdom is not just one hall. The kingdom has many doors that you need various conversions. And this morning, for example, Bishop Richard was trying hard to help some of us to be converted into soakers of messages or connecting to the voice of an anointed person. Because Bible school does not build a big church. I've lived long enough to see that. Formal training and certification from a Bible school or a theological seminary does not build a big church. It takes your connection with an anointed man of God and your ears attuned to his voice on a daily basis to usher you into the different doors of the kingdom. And Bishop Richard was explaining that it, it, because you now can preach a little, you stopped. But the voice contains more than just an ability to make you preach a good message. The voice contains gifts. The voice contains callings. The voice contains abilities you didn't have before. It's not only an ability to, or a way of you want to preach a sermon, then you hear somebody has preached on that, that topic, then you just listen to it and preach it. That's just one of the small levels. There are gifts. There are anointings. May you take them. And it takes humility. Humility. You know, humility to know that, yes, I'm a pastor, but somebody is more pastor than me. Yes. I, I, I have a church that has grown because we have filled our hall. But that's not church growth. If they take you to another hall, you will see that you will not even flow because you can't preach. When you see the empty chairs, your heart will be discouraged. And you will see you are not called from that day. That's why many people rent small halls for encouragement. <laughs> Those who are dangerous sons. I can't preach it. Those who accuse you. Don't have it in the Macarius 60. And just look at them. Because the covers are really nice. eh? And just admire the covers. Look. Don't just admire it. There are treasures in them. That will catapult you to higher heights. That only few. Have dared to walk. Loyalty and disloyalty is the basic teaching and foundation for all these teachings. Loyalty and disloyalty. You will learn why loyalty is important and you will learn how people develop. Yesterday I shared on the signs, what to look at, how to detect it when it is in yourself or in someone else. And those who leave you is, will show you what happens to people who leave you. What is working in them? What kinds of evil spirits are working in them? And, and what is their characteristic? How do they behave when they go? Yes. And how to secure yourself from the effect of people who leave you. Because those who leave you can easily make you commit suicide. I have a pastor friend, as I speak, in one day, his, one of his assistant pastors took off with about half of the choir. And 
about a third of, or two thirds of the congregation. He has not recovered. It's more than 20 years. He has not recovered. He used to be one of the top four charismatic churches in Ghana when the charismatic move began. He was one of the top four. When you mentioned this church, that church, in fact, top three, you, mention, you, can, you can hardly mention charismatic churches without mentioning his name. Today, his name is nowhere. It's not on billboards. He doesn't put posters, nothing, handbills. You never, he's not on radio, he, nothing. He's just in a small corner of Accra. And I, I believe broken and dejected by those who leave you. One day I was so burdened with him because I used to live on the same um, line with him in the area where we lived. He was in D7, I was in D17. And he was not a pastor then. He was just president of a fellowship. I was also a president of a fellowship. We used to just fellowship on the road. <laughs> so when this thing happened to him, after so many years, I kept saying to myself, I don't hear his name. I don't see him around. He's not in the fellowship of the brethren. I don't hear his name. I've, I've never even heard anybody inviting him before. So I went to look for him. A little room somewhere. And I said, well, how come we don't hear of you? We don't know. I mean, what is happening? He said, oh, now he just does person to person just in the area. And he's just concentrating on his little church. And I saw the effect of those who leave you. It's like they can make you, they can break your heart by breaking the work you have spent your life to build. So please take these books, study them. There's no certificate when you finish them, but at least by the time you finish, a blessing would have come upon you and on your ministry. Then the last one is one of you is a devil. Turn to Ruth. Ruth, the book of Ruth, chapter 1. You know the story of Ruth, isn't it? Married to one of the sons of Naomi, who had gone to Moab because there was famine in Israel. Her husband died, the sons died, and she had these two daughters-in-law with her. So verse 8 says, And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and me, and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we'll return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, 
if I should have a husband also tonight and should also bear sons, would you tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them from having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Opa kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clave unto her. That is loyalty. That is dedication. That is being around no matter the cause. She, and, and, and then listen to what happened here. And she said, behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me. And more also, if aught but death part thee and me. So when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You see, this is used often for marriage. But we must see it in the context of ministry. That must be the resolve of anyone who is working with you and anyone in a church. The heart and the mind you must have. This is like Elisha speaking. Elisha said, as long as the Lord liveth, and as long as thy soul liveth, I will never leave you. I will never turn back. I will never stay here. And this woman is saying, I will also not leave you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Where thou diest will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught. That means that nothing can separate us apart from death. May that be your resolution in your church. I'm in my church till I die. I remember years ago when um, they had the World Cup in South Africa. And um, I think the English went out um, around the preliminaries before the knockout stage. They didn't qualify for the knockout. And one of our pastors was in the hotel where the English fans were also lodging. And um, he heard in the night when they realized that they were not going over, it meant that they are going home. So most of the time, the supporters also go home because there's nothing to look forward to. You can't be there supporting another team. But this English boy was in his hotel, now knowing that his team is going back home, and he was, I don't know whether lying, but they are going to drink, and he was lying in, in his room, and he was just singing or chanting or screaming, I'm England till I die. 
I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. I'm England till I die. Hey, your team has been has lost, and yet you are still committed to it till you die. It doesn't matter whether they win or whether they lose. I am England till I die. Today you must also say, I am lighthouse till I die. Yes. I am, is it Kairos? Kairos Church, I am Kairos till I die. I'm Kairos till I die. I'm Kairos till I die. You see, Ruth said, God, he says, God do so to me and more so if ought, ought, but death, Part D and me. My bishop often says that his commitment to us and to me, he says, his commitment is that either you'll be at my funeral or I will be at your funeral. Yes. And when you read the story, you will see that from this resolve, Ruth accompanied Naomi back to Israel. And Naomi guided her to Boaz. And Boaz married her. And gave birth to Jesse. And Jesse gave birth to David. And David became the great, 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 great grandfather of Jesus Christ. I tell you, something is coming upon you that will make you a living wonder. But you see, when you stay with somebody for a long time, there is a problem that comes along the way. And, to, and today, I, I, I pray that this problem will be well identified and removed from your life. Because it is one of the blockers of all that are being shared here. It blocks it. It prevents you from gaining them. And it is the spirit of familiarity. So in chapter 6, Yes. Because you are going to be here for a long time. Chapter 7. Yes. Familiarity means to know someone or something so well and in such a way as to cause you to lose your admiration, respect, and sense of awe. Yes. Ruth may have stayed with Naomi for a long time, but it didn't change her wanting to stay with this woman till, till the very end. It's that until you die, I will be where you are. If you move from Chalk Farm to, um, where did we go to? Is it Old, uh, Old Kent Road? Yeah, Old Kent Road. I'm with you. And when you move from Old Kent Road to Nunhead, yes, I'm with you. There are some people who can say, I was with you when you were at Chalk Farm, but in fact, I'm really surprised that what the Lord has done with the church, my God. I, I saw a lady like that. I was standing at the Kodesh when she came with her eyes gleaming all over the place, and she was say, say, saying, oh, I like what God has done with you guys. Oh, then she said to me, I was with you at the School of Hygiene. Even the way she called my name, I knew that she was not a modern member. She said, hey, Pastor Eddie. 
Hey, Pasedi. When I heard Pasedi, I said, No. You are from the old age. <laughs> Not even pastor. Pasedi. Because my, my local gang people, they can't easily say the star. There's a Pasedi. Not pastor, 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 pasedi, pasedi. Hey, I like what God has done with you. I like the way, oh, God bless you. Then I used to be with you when we were at the school of hygiene. At the beginning. So familiarity is to know someone or something so well that you lose your sense of awe or sense of admiration. Yes. The fact that you have been with somebody for a long time should not deny you a continuous and steadfast love, admiration, belief to the very end. To the very end. To the very end. I've been with Bishop Dagwood Mills. This year will be 37 years. 37. I don't know why you are clapping for me, but I'm praying for myself. <laughs> you would know how many stories I have heard. How many messages he has preached that I have heard. How many teachings, teaching services I've, I've, I've been privileged to attend that he's preaching. And there are stories that you know there was a certain pastor. I know the name of the pastor. Sometimes I know the name of the pastor. I know the church he belongs to and I know the year he's talking about. And for all these 37 years he is still my favorite preacher. I listen to him virtually every day. There's no day almost that I don't want to say 100%. Because maybe there will be a day that I have not listened. But there is virtually no day that his voice is not in my ear. He's still my favorite. I listen to him with open eyes. I listen to him with... You see, like what you were saying, that you'll be playing the message in your kitchen, frying egg, and then you say you are soaking in messages. It's like you are not serious. Because Sometimes I cannot imagine it that you'll be doing something else. But I want to catch every word. Up till today, it's been 37 years. I have known him so well, but I have not lost my sense of awe. My admiration has not gone down. If anything, it's so high now that, you see, he's been my friend from 1981. I met him in Achimota school. And in 1981... We used to call him Brother Dag. In fact, I used to call him Dagito. Because he's my friend. Yes. Dagito. It's like, oh, Charlie, Dagito, how? Dagito, yeah. So for all these years, Dagito is not Dagito. And I just use that Dagito just because of an example I'm giving. Up till today, we are still friends. I was with him playing golf on Monday. And you won't believe it. It was just a few minutes to six o'clock and the light was finishing. And he was somewhere far away. 
And I, I, he, I, he called and said, so are you there? Is, will it work? I said, oh, I'm on my way because you asked me to move. So I've moved. I'm on my way. But the way the light is, I don't think where you are, you wouldn't be. By the time you get here, it will be too dark for us to do anything. So maybe we can just speak on phone and then I'll, you say bye-bye, pray for me, and then I travel. He said, oh, no, I'm coming. In the darkness of the night, we were going, working together and playing and chatting and, and, and talking before he lifted his hand and said, you are blessed and anointed to go. Yes. But to the extent where the admiration is so high, because I find him one of the greatest anointings working on earth. And because of that, I kind of even try to step back a bit in my friendship. So I'm not too familiar and know him so much that I lose a certain touch that this is an anointing I'm working with. I never tap his back when I'm excited that, oh. <laughs> you know, American president, they have a way of tapping the back of all presidents who visit them. It's like they are the main presidents of the world and you've come to visit, oh, yeah, God, yeah, welcome, 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 welcome. Then he said, like, oh, here's your chair, sit on it. I never tap his back. I want to even step, I say, I don't want to be so familiar that I lose that thing. May you not lose your sense of awe. In 2 Samuel, chapter 6, Jack, the guy starts sitting right, the yellow-shirted man. This guy, you are sitting right in front. Yes, please sit well. <laughs> and where, where is your Bible? <laughs> okay, you, you wait, I'm coming. <laughs> in 2 Samuel chapter 6, David, listen to me, David had arranged for them to bring the ark of God from Obedidom's house. And the Bible says from verse 20, David went home so he could ask the Lord to bless his family. He was not coming to quarrel. He was going to ask God to bless his family. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, how glorious was the king of Israel today who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaidens of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. This type of marital quarrels, you have come home to bless the house. Not to fight the people in the house that you didn't come for the meeting. Everybody was at the place where we were sending the ark. You didn't come. So why didn't you come? Eh? Why are you in the house still when everybody was, in, uh, was at the church site? He was not coming to face her. He was not coming to confront her on her absence. He was coming to bless his house. Yes, you didn't come, but I'm coming to bless you. You were not there, but I'm coming to bless you. And then he's met with a cantankerous and ill-natured wife who says, how glorious was the king today. You uncovered yourself like a, a useless man, a vain fellow. Next verse. And David said unto Michal, it was before the Lord which chose me. See, it sounds very nice, like a very nice, that, oh, uh, how glorious was. If you don't read it, well, you think that 
it was just how glorious was the king today who uncovered himself like one of the vain fellows. Then he also responded, it was before the Lord that, uh, uh, who chose me before your father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, will I play before the Lord. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. Any woman who meets you at the gate, when you are coming and starts talking to you at the gate, it will not be a cool voice. How glorious you were today and covering yourself before everybody. Ah! Like a useless man. They say, hey, it was before the Lord. Ah! Who chose me before your father? Now you are insulting my father, eh? Ah, I don't blame you. My father is the one who brought you from the village and brought you to the palace. And now you, because you can eat with fork and knife, you are saying that God chose you before my father. Huh. He said, now I will play before the Lord. Next one. And I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in my own sight. And of the handmaid servant, the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be in honor, had in honor. Then he continues. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day. God approved of David so much that he shut her womb from that day. You are a wife. Look at how you are talking to your husband. Hey, hmm. you wait, I'm coming. I'm just giving you. Number two, familiarity afflicts the closest family and friends the most. Hmm. Closest family, closest friends. That's why I say, having worked with Bishop Dark for these years, it. I have to steer myself from this spirit because when you, you are with somebody for a long time, you get to know him for so long, if you are not careful, you cannot receive. Number three, familiarity has the power to neutralize the greatest gifts of God. The greatest gifts of God can be neutralized just because you have been with them for a long time. Mark chapter 6. Read from verse 1. Mark chapter 6. Listen to what it says. My God and my Lord. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come... He began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished. Saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him? That even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. Is not this the carpenter? The son of Mary? The brother of James and Joseph? And of Judah? And Simon, are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said, 
A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. Wow. As soon as those in his own country eh, recognized that he was one of their relatives, they couldn't believe that the carpenter used to make their bed. And the guy who has not finished uh, making their center table or the guy who is supposed to come and repair the bed that was broken down and you've been calling him and he's not coming, is coming to stand in front of you and say he is the Messiah. I mean, we have a carpenter in our, around our church who works, he makes boards for pasting things and so on. He's called Ataoko. I can't imagine if Ataoko comes to say that he is not the Messiah. It's like, how can it be possible? Because when you know somebody so well, you know his father, you know his brothers, you know his sisters. This great anointing that is walking in front of you, the one who can open blind eyes, the one who can raise the dead, the one who walks on water, when he comes to walk in his own country, the mistake is that he's in his own country, his own town. And the people say that, ah, but we know him, and which is the problem of the UD, the people who are under Bishop Dagwood Mills, and you are under him, you have known, been around. You say you know him, you don't even know him well, but just because you've been around for a little longer, you are not as hungry as people who are seeing him today. Well, old pastors, old members, old shepherds, MBAs, people who have been here for a long time. We are those who can be afflicted by this spirit. Hmm. The next one. Familiarity is the cause of diminishing attendance at Christian programs. There are some people who were here last year or maybe they, they didn't come this year. Sometimes after a few sittings, you just feel that, oh, I'm sure they will, they will talk about loyalty. I mean, as for Lighthouse, they're loyalty. And loyalty means that don't leave the church. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I mean, that, that teaching, we know it. I mean, we understand it. And I hear they have some six books, eight books, seven books that have come into the system. Yeah, I've got them cry. I have some in my office. You have it in your office, but you haven't read it before. You have it in your office, but you don't know the revelations in it. But when familiarity afflicts you, it gives you the feeling that you know everything. Yeah. What else can come out of it? Some of us, when you hear they are going to preach about loyalty, you start folding your eyes. Yes. Because you say, oh, I'm already loyal. But me, I've been in the church, oh, people who have taught this with strength, with energy. They taught on what, why loyalty is important. They, they taught it so much that they were like the message themselves. They, they taught on stages how 
a person becomes disloyal, what process does he go through to become disloyal? They taught it with energy. They taught it in the church. They taught it to shepherds. They taught it in camps. They taught it in night schools. And when the times rolled by, they were caught in the very thing they were teaching. Because the fact that you teach it doesn't mean that you know it. <laughs> I am sure there are shepherds even of the UD who are not in this meeting. But they can feel that, oh, we by all means, what would they teach? It's my career, 60, I have one. If it's not loyalty and it's loyalty, they will teach those who leave you. If they don't teach those who leave you, they are likely to teach many are called. Many are called, we use it for feeding five to seven last year. And then if they don't teach that one, they may teach. What else would they teach? It is a great thing to serve the Lord. I mean, we are serving the Lord already. What else do we need? So you see that your heart sinks into a kind of person who doesn't attend programs. You see, but working with Bishop Dag, I've learned a few things. Since 1995, he has been going to Korea every year for church growth conference. He has never stopped going. Every year we go, he carries some of us to go. He takes us along. Come and see. There's a church that has grown beyond your wildest imaginations. There must be something they are doing we don't know about. And where he is in the ministry now, he is not a small fry. He's a major power. He's a major block. He's a major figure. And yet, he goes every year. It must tell you that there's something that is like, I don't want to be familiar with this great man of God who has built this great church. And every year, even this year, is it this year we went? This year we went. And there were still things to learn. There were still things to learn. You stop learning. Because you have the feeling that I know already. But if you know already, please give us the fruits. Ever by their fruits, you will know them. And then when you, when you show us the fruits, we know. But we are walking here. We can see the fruits of Bishop Richard's ministry. You are all here because of him. I'm even walking here because of him. Oh, because I, I'm Bishop anything. Yes. That's why people stop going to church. Because they are too familiar with the pastor's messages. Because you know where he's going to go. You, you know, he's preaching on tithing. He started last week. By all means, this week, I know where he, he hasn't quoted Malachi 3.10 yet. By all means, it is coming. And I'm already paying tithe, so. This is what kills many of the anointings. The Bible says, there, Jesus couldn't do any mighty work. He couldn't do any mighty work. Except to heal a few sick folk, just a few of them. And Kenneth Higgins says it was in minor illnesses. Minor illnesses. This great anointing, you see that it's not. Look at the anointing that somebody is walking in. Bishop Richard, he's walking in Bishop Dagon Moses' anointing. And as he's walking in that, you can see the conference. We were here, I was here maybe four years ago, four years ago, when we had Give Thyself Holy conference here in this same hall with, with about the same number. Here is a son walking in his anointing. Okay? 
and look at the same number that is sitting here listening to him. This is not Bishop Dagua Mrs. Conference. Who? This is Bishop Richard Aries Conference. Airy. Airy. Yeah. And yet we are all here. And we are being blessed. Genuinely being blessed. And I'm saying that the reason why many people will come, you come, you came last year, those who came, some didn't come this year, is because of the spirit of familiarity. It has made you think that, oh, the conference, by all means, they say, Michael, but, uh, the last year he was preaching, um, I think I saw him holding one of the books, uh, Those Who Leave You. And he was explaining it. So I'm sure that this year he won't do that book. He will take another one. So in fact, I have the book already. I can go home. But you, you can't go home. You can't go home. You just can't go home. You have to settle in your heart that there is something else beyond what I know. Okay, you wait. <laughs> Familiarity is the cause of spiritual barrenness. Yes. We saw it in Mikhail. Physically, she got barren, but spiritually, many people become barren because they are too familiar with the anointing. So what they should receive, they are not receiving. What they should catch, they are not catching. And my heart goes out for our UD, United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse group of churches. My heart goes out for you. Because we, we have been around. We've seen the books. We've done exams with them. But getting 65% on a book does not give you 65% growth in your church. <laughs> getting 85% will not add 85 members to your church. You can't get 85 just because you got 85% in a book. It was explained to us this morning. There is a gift on the anointed one. There is an impartation you can get. It can turn you into a living wonder. It can change you from how you are into something that the anointed person is. But when familiarity grips you, you can never be connected very well with the one who is anointed. Number six. You can be close to a man of God without becoming familiar. I, I, I think I've been longest working with Bishop Dag than most of us. Yes. And if today I still find him the greatest teacher of the word, one of the most anointed, I don't know why you think even less. And if I listen, still listen to messages, at least if, if I'm preaching, I'm sure my preaching will be a little nicer than some of us. You know. But I'm still listening always. Making notes. I don't sleep if he's preaching. If I'm there, he's preaching. I, I can't sleep. My eyes are following. My, my body turns when he goes off this way. My body shifts. When he goes that way, I'm catching every movement. Because I'm shifting, I'm moving. Sleep cannot easily overpower me. <laughs> but you just sit down, you are looking like that. Uh. It's like if you come into my, 
my radar, I can pick you up. But since you haven't come, my eyes are here. It's as if you are listening to the radio. You can be close without becoming familiar. It will be unfortunate to walk with a man of God. You who are close, you rather are supposed to catch. You who are near, you rather are supposed to catch. And sometimes you rather may be the one who cannot catch. Because you are, your closeness has deceived you. You won't read the man's books. You won't listen to his messages. You will be under a pastor, a man of God. You claim to be your father or the one through whom you are catching an anointing. And yet there's another pastor whose voice you listen to more. As great as Bishop Oedipo is, his voice is not the major voice in my ears. Although I listen to him quite regularly. As powerful as he is, and as I admire him so greatly, but his voice is not the main voice that I listen to. When Elijah asked Elisha, what should I do for you? What did he say? He says, I want a double portion of, 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 of thy spirit, of your spirit. And I like it so much that I want it two times. So if you are in lighthouse, Okay, and your main admiration is maybe a motivational speaker who is more into financial engineering and this type of million, uh, million pound making your first million. That's your main, is that you are more interested in the principles he has to offer than what Bishop Dahuad Mills has to offer. You are in error. I'll say it again. I say you are in error. John the Revelator, he walked with Jesus to the point when Jesus was dying, he said to John, this is your mother. He pointed to his mother and said, behold your mother. And then to his mother, he said to him, behold your son. They were very close. And yet when he was writing in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 onward, he says, that which we have seen, that which we have heard, that which our hands have handled of the word of life, of the word of life, it's like the person who was walking with me, he's not just a preacher in town. He is the word of life. Wow. That which we have seen. Verse 2. He says, that which we have seen and heard. Verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. So he sees Jesus as the life. He is the one who said that in him was life. And the life became the light of man. And the light shines in darkness. And the darkness does not overcome it. And the, he says, he is the word that became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So as he was seeing Jesus, he wasn't seeing just a man of God. He was seeing the word of God. <laughs> yes. 
You need to change how you see people. You need to change how you admire people. Because the grace that some people, it doesn't just fall on you because you are in the congregation. You are, it doesn't just come on you. You need a greater admiration. Only that familiarity reduces it. And having been around for a long time, it neutralizes, it becomes, it, you, you, it cools down. Another meaning for familiarity is that you lose your wow effect. <laughs> At first, you say, wow. I've never heard a man of God like this before. Now you sleep. <laughs> Watch out for your members who sleep. I tell you, familiarity has caught them. I'm coming to get you. Twelve signs of familiarity. Familiarity is shown when someone comments about things that are above them. I say, familiarity is seen when someone comments about things that are above them. And no matter who you are, and no matter how long you have been in a church, there are things that are above you. People on elders board, people on trustee board, there are still things that are above you. And when you make comments about things that are above you, you are out of line. David said, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in matters that are too high for me. Jesus worked with Peter for a long time. He even had a revelation. Who do men say that I am? They say, some say you are there, some say you are there. Then who do you say that I am? Peter got up. You are the Christ, the son of the living. I say, oh, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my father which is in heaven. And, and based on this rock, I will build my church. A few verses after, he took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Yes. <laughs> then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Matthew 16, verse 21, he says, And Jesus, from that time, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up the third day. Then he took him aside. It's a bad idea. You are going to Jerusalem. They will kill you. Huh? It's not a good idea. Just because now... You have been shown to be somebody that God speaks to directly. You, you now feel that you can now lift yourself and make comments about the main reason why he has come to earth. There are some people in our churches, they want to determine what their pastor should preach. It is, these are matters that are too high for you. What God will use a man of God to say in his church is none of your business. Even if you are the main financier of the church, if your tithe is bigger than everybody's own, it does not give you a right to make comments about things that are too high. How 
a series I am doing, what type of series I am preaching, what verses I am using is none of your big business. It's none of your business. In our church, we have what we call Feeding 527, Vision 527, where we take one book written by the prophet. Yes. And it says, we must teach the books or the words that he has written and the sentences that he has written. We must read it in all the churches. Everybody must hear it. So we come up this month, we are doing um, how to preach salvation. You can't be in the church and turn up your nose and, 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 and feel that, ah, why should we do this book? I mean, why? And sometimes even some pastors don't particularly enjoy it. Yeah. One pastor said, so now we can't wait on God, eh? Hey, now to, we are in the church. They've appointed us pastors and everything. So now they want to control how God, the Holy Spirit, speaks to us. I said, these are matters too high for you. You cannot make comments about such a thing. If the father of the church decides that all of us are preaching how to preach salvation, you must open your heart, open your spirit, open your mind, and be happy about it, and preach it. Okay, okay, okay. And, and what you need to do is that you must now be happy and study it. You should see me when I'm getting myself ready with one of these chapters. Eesh. I can preach, I'll be jumping in my church, me, myself. And I'm a bishop. It's not a nickname. <laughs> as soon as I pick if there's a topic and they say preach the book, so anywhere at all, anywhere. When I say prodigal son, then I think to myself that ah, daddy has preached prodigal son in crusades, in churches. Where, where else has he preached prodigal son? So I find the videos and I find the audios and then I start to listen to them and make notes in my book. And I start to now find scriptures that make what he has said and what he has written enter my spirit. Then when I go on Sunday and I'm going to preach, I remove my heart and I put my heart on the pulpit. Then I start preaching from it. And you are there. You have 12 members. You say you are not happy that they are giving you something to preach. I say you are making comments about things that are too high for you. And you will remain a midget. You remain a dwarf. You remain a non-entity. And you will, be, you, will be, you will vanish into thin air as a minister. Nobody will ever hear of you. We are at a conference that a son of Bishop Doug, who Mills has organized. We are here. We are, we are being blessed. And he's showing us that my, the reason why you are here is that me, Bishop Richard, I is speaking. I, my ears, are con, I am connected to the voice, the lovely voice. You see, in the word that he's using, the lovely voice. It's like I admire the person so much that his voice is lovely. 
me, I like the sound of his voice. One day I was listening to a message. I had to send him a, a text. I said, I enjoy the sound of your voice. The sound, how it sounds. Forgive my language, but I had to say it because that's the only way I can speak. I can say it. It's too nice to me. It's too beautiful. A lovely voice. But you see, it has not become a lovely voice to you. That's why although you are gaining some ground, you are not going far. And I, I, I beg to speak to my pastors who are not of the UD, that I'm happy that you are here. And I'm so glad. You see, yesterday I was preaching in Bishop Francis Church, and I said, I am glad now I'm very strong on when I'm speaking and I'm preaching about, I was talking, he was talking, his church was about evangelism, rebuilding the foundations. And I was saying to them that the message of prosperity that God will make you great. God, that emphasis is wrongly placed. Yeah. Although prosperity is a truth in the Bible, the church is in error in the way we have taken it to such an extreme level. And, and I, told, I told them, I said, I, some years ago, I couldn't have said this. But I'm glad, I say it now with strength because the fruits are there to show. And I said in my church, the whole month we are preaching how to preach salvation. I'm teaching my church how to preach salvation. But as I preach it, I preach it for them to also enjoy it and for souls to also be saved in the church. And as I'm teaching you, I say, this, this book is like different lines. Like when you are rapping, those of you used to rap girls, you, you had lines, isn't it? Yes. You, you see a girl, you say, oh, ah, is that not Margaret? Is it Margaret? Is this Margaret? Is, is your name Margaret? Is your name Margaret? You are called Margaret. Ah, are you called Margaret? My God. Wow. No, but if you are rapping a girl and you say, you are Margaret. Ah, Margaret. Yeah, I remember you. You suddenly be very charmed. It's like, eh, because how do you know my name? And then you call my name, Margaret. Wow. You know, I remember you. Were you, were you not uh, at uh, Accra Girls Secondary School? Wow. Are you the Margaret in Accra Girls Secondary School? Hey, you didn't go to Accra Girls. Uh, but this Margaret. No, remember, remind me. But I remember, I remember. Was it not, where, where was that? Where was it? Where was it? Was it? Which school was that? Which school did you go to? Monica's school. St. Monica's. Monica's. Ah! I was in Prembe College. Yeah. Yes! It's a line. It's a line. He doesn't know her from anywhere. Or you see a girl, you say, oh, um, is there a mall in the area? I'm looking for a, a, a shopping center. Is there a shopping center? Where, 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 where is it? Just around the corner. Oh, somebody told me it was on this side, rather. Oh, you can show me. Oh. <laughs> ah! <laughs> hey! It's a line. How to preach salvation gives you a line. There's salvation and the blood of Jesus. There's salvation and judgment. There's salvation and the love of God. There's salvation and miracles. It's like you can preach salvation from different lines. 
It's not everybody you meet that you say hell or hell. You go to hell. Some people you meet, you have to say, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him, then you say, God, the greatest person, so loved the world, the greatest act. You're using that as a line to win the person. So I'm teaching you this. If you're a pastor, you don't embrace it with your heart. It's like, what is this? What is this that a church? What church is this that even what to preach? Cry. They have to t- tell you what to preach. They are not allowing you to feel free to wait on God and, and hear from the Holy Spirit. You are not spiritual. That's why you can't hear from the Holy Spirit on the subject of salvation. You are even blessed that somebody has toiled and has made research and has outlined a message and is telling you that preach this one. Your work is even easier. But you see, familiarity makes you want to make a comment about such a, a novelty. Which church in this world will you find where they have a book that when they are teaching, everybody holds their book, they are teaching it. Which, where, where do you see it? Where the said, I write the outline for all our services worldwide. First service and second service. Worldwide. So in case you think that what we are doing is some strange something we are doing, think again. And some of us in the UD, we don't embrace it with our hearts. When you go to the church and you are going to the, you just take the point and start reading it. Okay, today we are doing, um, um, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Um, hallelujah, hallelujah. All right. I, just, I want to today talk about the Jesus, uh, salvation and the blood of Jesus. Okay, so. Um, I'm picking it from without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness. Amen. Say amen. Say amen. Say amen. All right. Leviticus 17 11. It's not in your heart. As you are preaching, it won't even work. I remember years ago, we didn't even have this feeding five to seven. We used to send tips and encourage the pastors. These are messages. Listen. And from Bishop Richard, we learned. We learned from him that when he listens to the messages and preaches, it's nicer and it's more powerful and more effective in his church. So we started encouraging the pastors that follow this example. And look at the example where it has brought us. Don't be silly. And feel that you can do something above what we are saying. Don't be silly. You, the pastors and this thing from you, don't be silly. Behave yourselves. And see the fruits that we are walking in. Have you had a conference before? Have you had a conference before? Has anybody invited you before? We who are, who are doing the things, we cry, we are, look at us. I was in Kenya just about um, six weeks ago. A pastor invited me. I told you the same day I was sitting in my, I was lying up, I finished praying, I was lying on my bed when I got a call from Kenya. I want you to come to my church. And Bishop Ubi said, oh, then when you come, my conference to you must also attend it. I said, okay, no problem. The pastor he, who invited me, he, he, has, he used me more than anybody has used me in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I arrived, he arrived on Saturday, Saturday evening there was a service. Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Monday morning, Monday evening. Tuesday morning, Tuesday evening. Wednesday morning, Wednesday evening. 
When I finished the Wednesday evening and I went to sit in his office waiting for him to round up the service and come, when he came, he says, oh, I've organized my shepherds so you can talk to them. (laughs) And I also went to preach to them. As soon as I sat down and he came to the office, Bishop, I can't wait to have you next year. Can you please come back in November? Then his colleague pastor, I'm sure they are watching me. He also said that, oh, Bishop, I want you to, I need you in my church. They are not members of the UDO. They need me in their church. So I have to go back in November, this Saturday, Saturday evening, Monday, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Sunday, Monday, Monday, Monday evening, Tuesday morning, Tuesday. I think this time he says Monday, he'll give it to me. So I said, okay, no problem. <laughs> Has anybody invited you anywhere before? And when you finish, did they ever invite you back that we can't wait for you to come next year. So come back this year. So I'm going. I'm going to cry. I'm going. I'm not a fool. The Bible says that when the door is open, a great door and effectual is open. I will enter into it. Yes. And then Bishop Obi said, Bishop, Eddie, ah, if they are bringing you, then I need a camp with you. So I said, okay, no problem. So I'm going for camp and two different programs in the same country. Yes. They, they will buy my ticket. And when you were saying it, then I realized that me too, Nakano, I've never seen the ticket that I, I don't know the price. I don't know the price. I didn't know. Even sometimes I have not seen my passport until I'm going to the airport before they say that. So when I was coming, I said, where's my pastor? So I think it's in your house. I said, no, I think it's here. It's, it's at home. I said, no, check the office. When do you go to us in the office? I said, ah, okay, bring it. When the people who are preaching and are telling you the thing, you, you don't know anything. No, people don't invite you. People, the members you have, they don't also listen to you well. We are sharing with you secrets that will make you a living wonder. Then you are lifting your nose to make a comment that why do they want us all to just why do they? It's because you are too used to. You are too used to it. But you see, you are used to it, but it doesn't mean you know it. Don't make comments about things that are, Jesus is going to die. You, Peter. You, Peter. Now you have the audacity to even make a comment about his main assignment. The reason why he came to earth. Matthew 1.21 His name shall be called Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. When he says he's going, he was going to die and save his people, you are saying that you take him aside and say, okay, look, you told me that God revealed to me and I'm telling you that um, a very bad idea that you are going to die. What kind of nonsense is this? I mean, who in his right mind goes to die? Eh? Are you okay? Everything okay upstairs? Ah! You are now making comments. You see, those people who say they are prophets in your churches, even if you are a prophet, you see angels. Jack, humbly submit yourself to your pastor. Don't exercise yourself in matters that are too high. The fact that even if you see angels, 
your pastor is still your pastor. And shut up when he's talking. I was waiting on God. I went to, I waited on God and um, the Lord has changed certain things about the church. Keep it to yourself. Keep your revelation to yourself. God is showing certain things about the church. Who Are you the angel of the church? Are you the messenger of the covenant of the church? What do you mean? I see there are people who think they are spiritual, more spiritual than the pastor because they've gone on waiting. Some three days, be, well, you, are even, you even broke your fast at two o'clock. You say, oh, you are really hungry. So you decided, okay, your fast is from 2 a.m. to 2, 2 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you broke your fast. You are coming to sit here to say what? Tell your neighbor, don't make comments about things that are too high for you. Why, why is the pastor making that small girl come and shake her waist in the church like that? You are not well. You are not well. Instead of criticizing, start moving your, your stiff waist. It may help you in your bedroom. Hey! When I saw them, I said, hey, this girl, Mumpa, she's too powerful. Eesh, she has taken the thing to World Cup. I said, that's right. Boogie, boogie on, baby. Move your body, sister. It's better to be moving her bottles on stage serving Jesus than for her to be moving it being blown by boys and all over the place. Don't be silly. Free on them. People like making comments about things that are too high. So you see that a pastor, he's not feel, he can't feel free to make the person who he really wants to lead the worship. You can't make him because it's like, then you go and bring this one and say, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal hope. We don't want to kill the church. We want to revive the church. We want the church to be great, powerful, lively, living, active, with the Holy Spirit moving. When, when Bishop started composing songs, spirit-filled songs with words that are like preaching. Some people started saying that, hey, now we are singing unbeliever music in the church. One silly girl. Hey, now I'm also going to feel free to listen to worldly music because I can see that 
Bishop is also listening to worldly music. You are a silly girl. I don't know. I would have slapped you and left to Ghana quickly before the police caught me. You are exercising yourself in matters that are too high. You cannot be more spiritual than Bishop Dagwadness. And instead of criticizing and saying things that are too high, humble yourself and ask yourself, what is going on? What move is this? What is God doing? How come this thing is coming into the church now? What is it? Let me watch. Let me look at it carefully. Let me learn something. And you see, suddenly you see that a blessing is coming to you. And you see, you hear songs that, whose words you've never heard in a generation. Because the songs that are being sung now by most of the Christian artists, they don't have the heart that Bishop Dag has. They cannot compose the lovely voice of God. They, because they don't know about the lovely voice of God. As I rose up from my knees, there was now a mantle now on me. And I have got grace for my ministry. They don't have it because they, don't, they haven't had such an encounter. But Bishop Dad has had it. He was kneeling down. He was praying. He was listening to the lovely voice of Papa Hagen. And an anointing jumped from the tape entered him. He heard the voice, the lovely voice. From today, you can teach. So he is the only one who can compose such a song that as I rose up from my knees, there was now a mantle on me. And I realized I have gained grace for my ministry. I mean, you can't compose that. The woman with the alabaster box, I see myself in her. Oh, 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 oh. A disgraceful woman moving from house to house and from sin to sin. Oh, 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 oh. Many things I cannot say. But Lord, I know you know all about me. Lord, you know it all. You are my God. I call you my Savior. It's not a common, you can't find it anywhere. Most musicians are like this woman with the alabaster box, moving from house to house and from sin to sin, but they don't have the revelation Bishop Dark has. And they can't compose the song that way. Now you see, you can easily have a, a, a nose lifted and making comments. I'm saying that don't make comments. Things are high above you. You, 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 it's not your place. It's not your place. Yeah. You can't comment about who we make to preach here. You, you can't comment about why I'm the one preaching. Why didn't they call somebody else? You, you, it's not your place. Bishop Richard will beat you, Bia. Yeah. Well, he said, Gaman. Yes. Don't sit in a church and make comments, my dear. It's not your place. Maybe you can sing better than somebody else, but if that person is made to sing, don't make a comment. It's too high. Ah. Are you now the Holy Spirit of your pastor? Can't 
a pastor be sitting down and in his spirit, he feels that I should let this one sing and not that one who regularly sings. Because in my spirit, I want a song that the person can sing for me. Or have you even told the person to sing? And yes, you have done your hair, you have made makeup, everything. You are prepared to come and sing. And they didn't call you. You shouldn't make a comment. And, and it's when you are familiar that you have the audacity to even make a comment that why do you, why is it that in this church, because you are familiar, that's why. And you have the audacity to even send a text to your pastor. When you, the way we are, you made, an, one day a lady came to me, she said, I was taking tithes. Then I said, you know, sometimes there are people in the church, they haven't paid tithes for six months. And yet they are in the church feeling happy. Then I pointed and said, do you understand what I'm saying? After the church, she came to me that, eh. <laughs> I've gone to look into the church's records. And I've seen that she hasn't paid tithe for six months. And I've come to disgrace her in the church. It's too high for you. These are not comments you make. If it affects you, pray quietly, change. Don't be silly. Now, when pastors are preaching, it shouldn't cut. When they cut people, no, they want to leave the church. And I've noticed that now when you preach, you, you, you seem to be blasting people. Ah! I don't know. I want to slap someone. Where are you from? you know and sometimes people who think that they have dreams that have meaning I have got a dream you know normally when I dream it comes to pass so yeah (laughs) yeah. Ah. you have a dream and it comes to pass so now you are the Holy Spirit eh? You can, you can dream and it will come to pass, but it doesn't mean that you can lead the church. Any church that is controlled by a person who has dreams and uses it to control the pastor is operating under witchcraft. A witch is controlling the church. And if you do that in your church, you are a witch. I am the one who is telling you that I am Bishop Nilante Edward Adi. Edward Nilante Okunka Bleboje Adi. Me. I'm telling you. You are a witch. And you are destroying the church. Even some, some people have the audacity to determine that this person shouldn't come near you. Pastor, no. This one shouldn't come near you. This one is some way. She, she's some way. Watch her. Watch her. Hey. Okay. Sit down. Familiarity is seen when someone finds fault with the leader. He finds fault. Finding fault. You are too familiar. 
So you can even see there's a fault. I don't I have not seen any fault on Bishop Dag. Everything he does is nice to me. Even when he plays golf, very nice golfer. I like his swing. It's very consistent. If he preaches, I mean, fair, everything is nice. I like the way he, he can gather. Look. Sometimes some pastors, they say, oh, you know, I know Bishop Dag, you know, he's my friend. You're joking. You don't know him from anywhere. You just know of his name. He can create a family. You see, the church is like a family. People come near. People are close. People are around. It's an ability that is not a common thing. Yes. But he, he's able to do that. He can make the person who looks like nothing, like he will not, you can bring him very close and train them and make them great people. It's very, it's not a common thing. How will I find fault? There's no fault. There's no problem. There's no problem at all. All his books are nice to me. Oh. Only it takes a long time to finish all the books. But even the book, when you the sentences are so strong that sometimes just the sentences in between the big points, you, you see the sentence, you have to underline, study the point ah, in the in between. It's not easy. That's why I say that. Don't just look at the book and say you, you know it. The fact that you own one doesn't mean you know what is inside. Abba. Sister Ajoa. What are we even talking about? <laughs> the comment, the 12 signs. And then finding fault. Number two, number three, sorry. Familiarity is seen when someone attempts to correct his leader. So now, <laughs> you are now correcting. Hey, watch out for these people who think they can correct. I, 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 Pastor, can I talk to you a bit? What, what, what the message you are preaching on I think you know when you are talking about tithing and you are pointing to individuals like that sometimes it can bring a hurt you are correcting your pastor you are out of line when Jesus realized that Peter was trying to correct him in a very fast move he said get thee behind me Satan Thou severest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of me. You have to fight familiarity very fast. Can't correct your leader. Pray about it. Bible says pray for those who are in authority over you, not, those, not, not correct those who are in authority over you. It's not your place. Leave it to God. Pray about it and let God speak to you yourself. Familiarity is displayed when someone attempts to direct and control the leader. Number five, familiarity is seen when someone uses privileges without asking for them anymore. Yes. 
The king also said unto them, Take with you the servants of your Lord, and cause Solomon, my son, to ride upon my own mule, and bring him down to Gihon. Yes. Then he set Solomon on David's, it was a symbol of his authority. So when you put him on my mule, it means that he is the next king. But his son Adonijah rose up and Joab and Abiathar and other priests were trying to help this um, uh, Adonijah to be a king instead of Solomon. Sometimes you can find people who come, the pastor's chair, then you are sitting on it. You are taking selfie. You are not serious. I mean the chairs may be the same color, but if we choose one and say Bishop Richard sits on this one, don't, don't shift or put your book on it or put your water on the chair. That's like the crowd is so thick that you don't have any place. So this chair is empty. Then you put your, your, your drink on it. You see a pastor is coming. He doesn't have anywhere to park. Asher Square have found a car park. It's part of the familiarity. Your pastor is now looking for a parking space. And you are all watching him as he's driving. Then he's gone and come. Then you look and say, oh, is there a place? Okay, there's no place. Okay. I think it's all full. This one is Mr. Ajekum's car. So, um, yeah. And this one too belongs to Sister, um, Sister Elsie. And then, and so on. So, there's no place. So, you go, ah, it's okay. I've seen another. <laughs> Please, if you go, you have to come very fast because there's a space here. Somebody just moved. Please, go around very fast and come here. Otherwise, somebody will come and take it. Then you'll be watching your pastor. That's why many pastors don't function well. So they can do no mighty work. But they are like ordinary Christians. Oh, we are all Christians. Your pastor is not a, just a Christian. He's a man of God. He's the authority. He's the father of the house. You have to learn to... You see, you have to learn to accord the right and appropriate respect for a man of God. Otherwise, familiarity will be, very, will be accelerated to be accelerated. Even if he doesn't want it, you shouldn't say, oh, when we do it, he doesn't like it, so. You should, you know, you should put your car there. Well, as soon as you see his car, you, you move. So he's moving for you because we want you to park here. Don't call your pastor by his first name. Oh, you know, these Africans, they like titles and so on. You don't be silly. Look, I'm advising you. I'm not insulting you. I'm advising you. Don't be. Don't be. Do not be. <laughs> yes, yes. Don't become silly. Yes, so I just advise. Don't say that. And when we go to offices, I mean, our bosses, we call them Jim and, and Dave and so on, but these Africans, anytime they can say, give me a title, doctor, doctor, a hey, reverend doctor, and so on. Because in your office, familiarity doesn't spoil it. In your office, familiarity does not spoil the work environment. They actually need a familiar environment and familiarity in the system so that they can work well. But in the church, the anointed person 
must be elevated. Jesus said, and if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And when somebody is anointed, it's like he carries oil. And the oil, give me another bottle, please, quick. If it's empty, it's fine. One you have drunk, it's almost finished. This one, this one, the one behind there. Yes. Open it. No. Open it. Hold it. Yes. When the anointed person Is carrying the oil. And the A anointed person. <laughs> is empty. There's no anointing. He needs this one. How can this oil enter this one? If they are on the same level. Can never flow. But this must go up high and this must come up low. And the lower or the higher, the faster the flow. The faster. So you are a anointing or anointing free. Because the anointed container is, you have, you have, familiarity has made you bring it to the same level. That's why nothing flows. Do you see why you can't receive from your pastor? Because he's on the same level. He also has marital problems. He also, even the last time his wife was even facing him and so on. And then he's coming to come and say, take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. He should go and tell his wife to take it. He cannot come and be telling us to take it, take it, take it, take it. May you not be anointing free. May the Lord deliver you from the spirit of familiarity. That you may become anointed because of your high value for the anointing. Father, thank you for your people. Deliver us from this spirit that neutralizes graces. Jesus, you walked on earth. But it was not everywhere you could do miracles. But in the places where you were highly esteemed, to them you manifested your glory. May we experience more and more anointings as we place higher value upon those you have anointed for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.
It's beautiful. How many of you have been healed from familiarity? Receive healing in Jesus' name. Okay, take your seats for two seconds. So we are taking our... Where are they going? What's happening? Who are you? Where are they going? What? To their seats. So they move from downstairs upstairs. Ah, to see well. Well, when I grow up, I would like to be like you. I like to move so I can have good vision. Wow. God bless you for moving to see the man of God well. Wow. I thought you were like cool makers. Not knowing you are anointing catches. Anyway, we are taking a break now. It's, uh, it's a certain time now. So we want to take a break for one and a half hours. Is that good enough? So we are back at six o'clock. Is six o'clock a good time? Yes, so next session starts at 6 o'clock sharp. Sharp, sharp, sharp. And like I said, I'll be taking special offerings for Healing Jesus campaign. That will be the next session. So that in case you don't want to come, you can avoid that bet. Because the next session will start about an hour later. So I'm telling you in advance, when you see me doing it, you know that I, you, were, you were told. Please be seated upstairs. We, haven't, we are not moving. Okay, so see you at exactly 6 o'clock. We start and then uh, 